Hi, welcome to Globe Shoes, the travel podcast for all ages. When I tell people that I traveled for fourth and fifth grade, one of the biggest questions I get is, how did you manage your education during fourth and fifth grade? Did you ever feel like you were behind? Did you build up a curriculum? And how did you manage it? Now, before, education is a quite a broad subject, and of course there will be more episodes to come, but this is just going to be sort of a primer. Before I tell you guys what we did for education in fourth and fifth grade, I'm just going to introduce three concepts of outside the classroom, outside of brick and mortar education. Homeschooling with a curriculum is number one. It's quite structured at home, and it's as if they never left school. It's just the classroom's a little different. And travel school, which is learning through experiences and seeing and experiencing the world. And unschooling, which completely dismantles the curriculum and is led by the student. And of course, countless subcategories and hybrids. What we did for fourth and fifth grade was a hybrid of travel school and unschool and a little bit of something else. I call it the Globeshoes Method, named after the podcast, by the way. So how does the Globeshoes Method work? Really, it only has four central tenets. Finding local experts, experiencing the world, and getting local authentic experiences, going to local schools, and other more supplemental classes. Now, finding local experts, it only really goes back to what we talked about reimagining travel. Of course, reimagining travel includes making friends and learning about the culture through a local's eyes, as opposed to a tour guide's eyes. For example, when we were in Harlem, my mother and I were walking 125th Street, end to end, and we found Langston Hughes' house. I recited some poetry in front of there, and then we moved on, and then we stuck, struck up a conversation with an older-looking gentleman a couple of doors down from Langston Hughes' house. He turned out to be Langston Hughes' house's housekeeper, and we had quite a lovely exchange about Harlem and gentrification and Langston Hughes and his legacy and how it's kind of hard to keep up his legacy because of all the gentrification. It was quite some sharp insight. And of course in Vermont, my mom wanted me to appreciate how small businesses are run. There are plenty of small businesses in Vermont. So we were introduced to this at the time 73-year-old farmer dairy farmer named Rosina. She ran a 19-cow farm by herself, and we went there and worked for her for a day. I cleaned the barn, I led the cows out, I led them back, I fixed fences, and I moved the fences. Man, it was really hard work, and now when I see a glass of milk or a gallon of milk that says, made by proud small Amish and Mennonite family farms, I know what work went into that milk. And moving southwards to Mexico, we just met these Canadians at a festival who just so happened to be travel schooling, and they were living on a houseboat. And we became great friends with them, and they invited us to go whale watching on their boat. 
we went and on the way back into the harbor the dad offered me to ride the boat for a little bit now of course it would be only Canadians that would let me drive their house because they're incredibly nice people and moving eastwards to Greece we were invited to our Airbnb hosts main house and they showed us around their garden slash farm it was a big garden and we had a delicious Greek lunch made mostly from that garden and he showed us the plants they grew and some of the animals that they reared and the husband we talked about US politics and he was very sharp and very funny he had some very good points and also in Mexico going back westward to Mexico my surf instructor Oliver he told us about how the Mexican government is ramping up the efforts of conservation which apparently was quite dismal before I'm so happy that the Mexican government is making more of an effort to conserve their beautiful natural heritage now you don't have to always pre-know these people you know while we were waiting in line at a bank in Costa Rica we told we saw this gentleman and he was ha more than happy to tell us about the dying Afro-Caribbean culture in Puerto Viejo which was where we were staying but he told us about how there's a very thriving culture 30 minutes north of Puerto Viejo in Cahuita and we went over to Cahuita which we would never have done had it not been for that gentleman that we were waiting in line in front of at the bank and in Ethiopia our driver Tomas told us about great butcheries to go to that we got all our meat from and delicious local hole-in-the-wall restaurants and of course he had to teach me about modern Ethiopian culture I was more keyed in before on ancient or old Ethiopian culture which was when my mom was growing up but Thomas got me up to speed I mean learning from locals it gives you a different perspective I mean even if you're not traveling someplace for a long time just try to make friends quickly if you see kids playing in the park just join them if you at a cafe or a restaurant just talk to the next local sitting next to you or talk to your server and the second tenet is learning through experiences or outside of the classroom education some general examples are learning chemistry by doing a cabbage juice experiment physics by building a Rube Goldberg using six simple machines and travel schooling really it's the same concept except on steroids for example for history I got myself fascinated with Greek history Roman history Egyptian history Ethiopian history those were the and oh Byzantine history those were the main histories and civilizations I was obsessed with at the time I had read books about the Byzantine Empire and we capped it off with, with a visit to Istanbul and I was in the Hagia Sophia and witnessing where so much history took place and for Egyptian history I had read about the Valley of the Kings in Luxor and how many so many beautiful tombs Egyptian tombs were in there 
And when I went in, the tombs were from like 2000 BC, 1500 BC. This is way before Christ or any of the Romans or Greeks, you know? But with the Greeks, I had loved Greek history. I had read books and listened to podcasts. And when I capped it off with a visit to Crete and Athens, I felt so honored that I was literally standing in front of history on the Acropolis or in the, the Minoan Palace at Knossos. And in, for Ethiopian history, I had read my grandfather's book. It's a 250 plus, or no, it's like a 500 page treatise on the ancient and medieval history of Ethiopia. And when I actually saw plenty of those medieval sites in Aksum and Yeha and in Laribela, and I was so honored and I felt like, man, my ancestors are pretty awesome. And for Roman history, I had read plenty of books on Roman history. And well, when I went all over Italy seeing actual Roman things and how the Romans lived in Pompeii, Man, it just hit me. It humanized the Romans. It made that there was an actual people, and it's just not some myth. And for the Harlem Renaissance, I had read a book on the Harlem Renaissance, Stars of the Harlem Renaissance, and when I went to see and stayed off of 125th Street, I felt like I was... I was right in the footsteps of these great black geniuses and thinkers, you know? It was quite powerful and profound. Now the third tenet is local schools. With local schools you have to be a little bit careful because they might, not all local schools might not accept travel schoolers. So you have to find a school that accepts travel schoolers and that is really why the almighty Google was invented. You can type schools that accept world schoolers in blank, wherever you are. And for me, local schools have worked out incredibly well. For example, in Mexico, I learned on in this classroom that was on stilts. It was seven feet off the ground, and it was in the open air. And it felt like I was in a tr learning in a treehouse, literally. And in this beautiful classroom, I learned how to add fractions for the first time ever in Spanish, but unfortunately it was not completely immersion. But still, I learned fractions in Spanish in Mexico and in Costa Rica when I went to a local school. Wednesday was raw food day. The whole class split up into teams and we all cut, we all harvested and cooked and diced and, well not cooked because it was raw food, but we diced and everything got prepared by the kids solely with tomatoes, onions, salads, and we all ate that for lunch. It was quite great. And more on this local schools for sure. Now the fourth and final tenet is supplemental classes. Now this is where we got a little bit of something else. For math, I did Singapore math, I filled out books 4A, 4B, 5A, and 5B. That's really more of a homeschooling type of thing. But for geography, I learned to read maps and reproduce maps. 
and draw them. It was man. Now, when I actually have to draw a map for someone else, it's quite a breeze for me. And for English, I wrote about whatever book I was interested in. I did plenty of book reports. I wrote about whatever book I was interested in at the time or was assigned to read by my mother. That's more of unschooling except for the part of assigned to read. And folks, that is the Globeshoes method of education and our episode this week. Thank you.